It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in, hour number two of the program here on Monday. Next hour, we'll be joined by Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light as we will be turning on the light. Uh, But right now, it's all about you, 508-996-0500. Good morning. Thank you for waiting patiently. (laughs) that's a good song yeah so now it's an earworm in my head all day (laughs) my son sent it to me and it was uh giant rooks the one by giant rooks Uh, uh, i don't know if i know that one like german german rock band or whatever for some reason he sent that to me and i was gonna i was gonna ask phil to play it because he was talking about his diner and now i can't get the song <laughs> I you know I I remember the the original Suzanne Vega version but I can't enjoy that nearly as much as I do the one that was remixed. What was it uh, DNA and Massive Attack is that who who did the remix? But DNA and Massive Attack. I don't know, but he sent me this German, I don't know, some German band for like no reason or whatever. I was talking to him about like him and his girlfriend opening in a, uh, a diner. Well, a food truck actually. That one was for sale and then he sent me that song cuz that's that's his name. No, <laughs> um, there you go. Anyway, yeah. all right. If you get a chance to play that, and uh, that's it. All good news today. All right. I'll see if I can find it. Okay. Thanks, Jim. Have a good day. And uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think of um, trying to think if I got it right. If it was DNA and Massive Attack. If I so I discovered the remix. I you know I knew the song because I knew Suzanne Vega. Uh, I think the first song I heard from her was Luca. And I remember hearing that, yeah, because I used to watch Nick Rocks, which as a kid, you know, my mom wouldn't let me leave MTV on all day. And we didn't have cable uh, in our rooms. I had, I got a TV for my 10th birthday. That's when I was allowed to have a TV in my room. Uh, Before that, I was not allowed to have a TV in my room. I actually used to listen to Channel 6 on the radio. I'm sure a lot of you used to do that too. I used to listen to Channel 6 on the radio in my bedroom and I would listen to all the CBS shows because that's what was on Channel 6 at the time and I would kind of imagine them all in my head. And then when I got the TV and I got to actually see them, and it was like, this isn't ex- that's not what I thought Murphy Brown looked like. Um, but it was, that's how I um, would go to bed was you know listening to the radio, TV on the radio. So we didn't have cable in the bedrooms. My mom had, had cable in her bedroom. And so if I could get away with going in there and sneaking in there and watching some MTV, I would. But after a while, she'd realize like, hey, where's Tim? And at the time, we lived in Plymouth in a, you know, two-story apartment. And so, you know, it might take a little while to realize that I wasn't around and I could sneak in some MTV. But she didn't let anybody to go. She didn't want anybody to go into her room and watch TV, not because she was mean, but because she had a waterbed. And she didn't want anybody sitting on the waterbed because... We may have broken the waterbed at first. So, you know, she had good reason not to let us in there. And then also she had good reason not to want me to be out of her sight because I once ran up a very large phone bill calling those 1-900 numbers. Not the dirty ones. 
I used to call like they had the Freddy's nightmares where he would tell you horror stories or um, they had like a Nintendo hotline where they would tell you like tri- tips and tricks for games and all that stuff. But so, you know, so I didn't get to watch music videos on MTV as often as I would have liked to. My dad was home. He didn't care. You could watch MTV. Um, but every night at six o'clock, because we were watching Nickelodeon downstairs, you would have Nick Rocks. And, or maybe it was 6.30. And Nick Rocks was, they would play all the top music videos of the day. And that's where I first heard Suzanne Vega's Luca. And I was like, what a depressing song. This is a song about a kid getting abused. Like, why why are we playing this video? And I realized, like, from a young age that, you know, music tells the story that we need to get out there to people. So, um, but it kind of, it really, like, affected me. It really bothered me. And so I remember mentioning it to my music teacher and she was like, well, here. And she handed me a cassette. She's like, listen to some other Suzanne Vega. And, and she made a tape with just a couple of songs. It wasn't the whole thing. I think she wanted to make sure it was like appropriate for, for a fifth grader to listen to and uh, Tom's Diner. So that's kind of how I, at least I think that's how I first heard it was on that tape. And then you get the remix and it gets in your head. No doubt, as the caller said, it is an earworm. Once you hear it, it'll be in your head. And I can't, I can't go into a diner anymore without thinking about it, which was rough for me because I worked in one for 17 years almost every day. Uh, but anyway, 508-996-0500 is the number to call in. I wish that I could tell you to use the app chat, but um, they're still working on getting everything back up and running. So if you notice, you try to go to the website, that's down too. It's just because this this contest is so popular. But um, they're working on getting it all back up there. When it is back up there, Barry Richard has the story about the New Bedford police will be enforcing, they're going to be stepping up parking violation enforcement in residential areas. And we talked about what this means. It means things like, the parking of oversized vehicles at night, blocking of driveways, blocking fire hydrants, and blocking of handicapped accessible sidewalk openings. So you might think that you've got yourself a space. And every time I try to parallel park, by the way, I look at the space by eye and I think to myself, this is perfect. This is, I can get in there. And then you pull up your your car next to the space and you realize that the back end of your car is extending into where the backside car would be and the front end of your car extends into where the front car would be and you say, oh, I guess I'm not going to get into there. But, you know, a lot of people, they look at it and they say, well, I can get in there and they don't look at what's around the space, such as a handicapped opening for the sidewalk, such as a fire hydrant, such as the entrance to somebody's driveway or one of the handicapped parking signs. Now, I understand that there's a parking crunch. I understand that it's hard to find spaces. But enforcing these rules will help. So you might get a ticket because you were parked in a spot where you shouldn't have been parked. But don't get so upset because by enforcing this, it means that the people that were parking in spaces that they shouldn't have already and making it harder for you to be there might free you up a little bit. One thing that's uh, got to get done is there's got to be more um, more 
I'm trying to think of the way to put it. There's got to be a difference between residential and business parking. And I don't want to, I'm not saying like the city should go to a residential parking stickers, but you know, after 9 p.m., should you be fighting with the patrons of a bar to get a parking space outside of your home? Like you're, you're there and you're going in for the night. You're going home to the place where you live and you, you can't get a parking space because the bar at the end of the block, everybody's taking up all those spaces. Like that's, that's an issue. And that happens quite a bit. Restaurants, bars. I mean, I want them to be able to have customers for sure. But I want people to be able to go home and park. And I don't know how you balance that. I mean, I think saying, you know, residential parking after 9 p.m. is fair because most people are done going out to dinner by 9 p.m. I don't know. But that's, that's just one of the things that I hear is an issue. 508-996-0500. Uh, let's see. Just got a email with a press release from Councillor Brian Gomes. So let's, uh, let's check this out. Uh, mm, mm, mm. It's uh, in respect to the four-year mayoral term, so I can't read it on my phone. It's a little bit too small in print. Let's see what we can pull up on the computer. And it looks kind of lengthy, so I can't give it to you in its entirety, but I can give you some highlights on it. Hang on one second. Callers, we'll get right to you. Uh, Councilor Brian Gomes' statement with respect to a ballot question on the four-year mayor term. The discussion about the city council's vote to place a series of questions on the ballot for the next municipal election has garnered much attention in recent weeks. Since I am the councillor who proposed the measure, asking the public to give their opinion on the number of years for mayoral term, I felt it important for my thoughts on this matter to be made clear. In over 30 years of serving in city government, I have never seen such acrimony toward an idea to merely ask the public what they think. After the city council voted to place the ballot question before the voters, instead of simply expressing arguments for or against the four-year term for mayor, there were cries from the mayor that such, act, such action would create, quote, instability, that such a vote was a violation of the open meeting law, that asking the public their opinion is, quote, irresponsible. Uh, let's see. It, it's, it's pretty lengthy, so I, don't, I can't read it all right here on the air. Um, but I'll pull out some highlights as we go along and, uh, and we'll bring them up. So, and I'm sure Kate is on it for a story as well. But uh, I'm sure, too, it'll also be posted up um, on Councillor Gomes's Facebook page. And uh, they'll get it up on the city website, I assume, as well. Um, but right now, let's go to the phones. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Yeah, good morning, Tim. How are you? I, I can understand the parking problem. What I want to know is, what are we going to do with all the extension cords for the electric cars when they get here? Well, I think that they're going to have to be uh, in in parking lots where they can have the uh, the the parking, you know, the the charged parking for them. I don't think if you live right. in a in a heavy residential area like that, you're not going to be able to just plug it into your own house. Well, you're not going to be able. There's <laughs> not enough parking area to put them everywhere. Also, I mean, I I'm not to not to um, stereotype people, but I don't think the folks that are living in some of those areas are also folks that are going to be going out and buying electric vehicles either. Well, they're not going to have the choice either. The way well, it's going, I think. I think what will happen is you will see more, you know, public charging areas, and I think that that's a good idea. I think the other part of it too is 
Um, you, you know, there's there's probably something to be said for if you are going to have them, you know, people kind of working together on it. So, you know, you might say, all right, well, we're going to plug it into the side of the building as opposed to, you know, the individual apartment. Still, still, okay. still doesn't change what you're saying. You know, there's still going to be yeah. uh, still be some cords attached to it, but I don't, I don't know that those areas are going to be conducive to it. Okay, thank right. you. Have a good day. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning. Would you know how far away from a driveway you're supposed to park? Is it four feet or five feet? I don't know. I would I would think as long as you're clearing, as long as the people using the driveway can get by you. Well, what I find is because their tires aren't in the driveway, they think they're not in your driveway, but their back end is in your driveway. That's what I get where I live. I'm uh, not in your driveway. Yeah, no, I think if it goes over the... Because isn't there usually a curb at the end of the driveway? Usually there is, yes. Yeah, so I think if you're going past that, then you would be in the driveway space. Well, yeah, but there is a footage. I, I'm not sure what it is, though. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Okay, and the other thing you're saying about parallel parking, mm -hmm. the way I was taught was... You line up the back end of your car with if there's a car in front of that space. You back your car. You go forward with your car. Line up your back end with the middle of the car that is parked, mm -hmm. and then start to back up. Right, right. No, I I wasn't even talking about the process of backing up. I'm talking about you look at the space and think you can get in there, and then when you pull up next to the space, you realize, oh no, I can't oh. get in there. <laughs> okay, I thought you had a problem with backing in. No, no, I'm an excellent parallel parker. Okay, I, uh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad of that. There's not a lot of them. No, no, I, it's something I worked very hard on. Okay. All right, All right. thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, when I when I went out to get my my driver's license, I worked very hard on parallel parking because I now we were lucky in Wareham because most kids went to Plymouth to get their license, and I I stupidly went to Hyannis because it was the first. Uh, appointment that I could get, and I ended up not being able to take the 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 road test because the emergency brake didn't hold in my mom's minivan. So because it didn't hold a hundred percent, the the uh, the trooper would not let me go out on the exam, which was probably better because in Hyannis at that time, I don't know where it is now, but at that time you were like right in the middle of everything going on around the mall, and it was not a it was a very high traffic area. So that's why most kids wanted to go to Plymouth because you were in the industrial park. And at that time, there was no, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, colony Place. There was no Walmart over there. There was none of that stuff. It was all like woods and a few businesses. And so you would go up there and you would not see another car while you were on your road test. But the one thing they were definitely going to make you do was parallel park. Now, they didn't make you do it amongst other cars or even amongst cones. The, the uh, trooper would make you do it alongside one of the side roads, but I knew it was going to be on the test, so I worked really hard on it. And I, I had kind of a, a, a knack for it, but, uh, you know, little tweaks here and there. And it served me well, you know, because now covering stuff around New Bedford, you always have to parallel park. Uh, just yesterday, um, well, just Friday, I went to go take out, uh, go to take some photos, and I had to, you know, parallel park. And I had no problem, just fine. But the two people that tried to pull out around me, they struggled. And so I was, you know, glad that I had that skill. Not everybody has it. And if you don't use it a lot, it's, it's, it's a skill that can fade. But as for the amount of space to clear a driveway, I, I don't know. I don't know what that footage would be. 
Uh, I would just assume that as long as, if, if I was parking there, I would say, well, they can get in and out of the driveway, no problem. They've got a couple feet on each side. At, at that point, you know, I'm more worried about the person coming down the driveway or coming out of the driveway because usually they, they back out, right? Most people pull into their driveway. So at that point, I'm worried about, um, you know, if they're going to hit me. So I want to make sure that I'm giving them enough space so that they don't. That's the one problem with, with my house being on a hill for so many years is like whenever it snows, I, you know, I would, I would try to back in knowing that it was going to snow so that when I have to leave, I can just drive my way out. Because if I had to back out in the snow, I'm going to get stuck. And it happened all the time, even when I had an all-wheel drive vehicle. But most people I find, you know, if you look at most driveways, people just pull right in and then they want to back out. So if you're parking at the end of the driveway and you go too far over, it's, it's kind of your own fault if they back into you. 508-996-0500. Again, this is all because the New Bedford Police Department is going to be upping its parking uh, enforcement. I just got information. It is five feet. You need five feet on either side of the driveway. So five feet is the footage, but, which is not much. It's not much when you think about it. It's, it could mean the difference between another car getting in or not, but that's, that's the amount of space. And if they're out there enforcing it, keep that in mind. Keep five feet between you and the driveway. All right, I'm going to take my first break, 508-996-0500, if you want to call in and chime in. in 508-996-0500 and app chat is working so thanks to the folks who have been sending in app chat messages trying to get back to you now uh as well but uh app chat is now working again on the wbsm app also a reminder um that tonight at 6 30 at the global learning charter school that's at 190 ashley boulevard and please use the nye street entrance there's a neighborhood community meeting uh, the main topic tonight is the rent stabilization, rent control issue. And uh, Counselor-at-Large Shane Berger will be there, as well as Landlord Lisa White. Uh, they're going to be talking uh, both sides of the issue. Uh, and thanks to uh, Sean Oliver for sending this over, the Ward 3 City Councilor. He sent it to, to fill in the app chat, but I just saw it. Uh, so I figured I would share it all with you again tonight at 630 at the Global Learning Charter School, a neighborhood community meeting at um, 190 Ashley Boulevard. Use the Nye Street entrance. And I know that Lisa is going to be calling into uh, South Coast tonight after the meeting is over to uh, share some thoughts with with Marcus and Chris about how it went. So you can hear that later on this evening on South Coast tonight. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning. Um about 10 years ago, I used to live on North Street, and I did get a ticket for uh, parking in front of my driveway. The funny thing is, I was right there in my yard, 
And I, I confronted the officer, and basically his response was, it doesn't matter. I'm not doing this, in, you know, being negative. I'm just letting you know that's how he replied to me. It doesn't matter. You can't block it. My own driveway, I couldn't block it. And he went, yeah, and I got a ticket for it. Yeah, and I think that there's probably, you know, a lot of that that's happened that people just didn't realize, you know, was the case. Uh, I, I... I don't. I don't get it myself personally, uh, but also if I have a driveway, I'm I'm going to want to use the driveway rather than park on the street. Well, I had to because I was doing yard work, and so I needed to get in and out of the the drive. I mean the the garage. So that's why I have it that way, and it just didn't matter to him. You know, uh, he said find some place on the street. I'm going. Well, why do I have to move it? further down, like you said, if you're familiar with North Street, mm -hmm. it's a lot of cars there, and it's like, why walk, you know, a block or two? And take somebody <laughs> else's space, too, at the same front. Yeah, take somebody else's space at the same time. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, but no, I get it, and, you know, it's one of the, the reasons, honestly, why I sold the house to move out of there, because I thought it was, like, ridiculous. You know, really? I mean, I can see if it was not somebody that lived there. I get it. You know, but, uh, Hey, you know, I don't know. Uh, but I was a caller that also, you know, proved my point, you know, saying about, well, if you're going to build housing, which we need, don't be dumping more cars on the street. And this is where part of this, my philosophy comes from because of stuff like this. Mm -hmm. You know, so is this all it's going to do is cause more issues down the road? You know, uh, yep, 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 can't be parking here. Five feet, I've yet to see anybody park five feet away from an opening of a driveway. That would be a first. Right. And I, and I, I don't think it's coincidental that this is happening at the same time as the, you know, the housing plan coming out because it's trying to show that, yes, we understand that parking is an issue, but we're going to stay ahead of it. So I, th I don't think that the two are not not connected. So but did I say that right? I don't know. Yeah. It, it's just weird. All right. Well, thank All you. Right. Thank you for the call. Have a good day. Yep. Uh, 508-996-0500. The websites are back up and running, so if you want to read Barry's article, you can. If you want to send in an app chat comment, you can. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. You know, I'm glad you're bringing this up. In the West End, when I bought 30 years ago, we parked, it's a one-way street, it's off a busy street, and uh, they park on both sides. Well, I found that was getting a little difficult. My husband was there and I was there and we both had cars. So I had a driveway put in. Mm -hmm. Because I lost some of my front yard. But I had a driveway put in because we had two cars in one house. And I, I said, hey, it's not fair. We'll do this. I'm glad I did. Because when that big boom came, a lot of the houses around me that were just one family became multiple family houses. And they all came with two cars. Now try and find a parking place. Right. And the thing is, they were parking right up on my driveway. And there'd be a car parked across from my driveway and cars right up on my driveway. I was called the parking Nazi of the West End because I would call the police. That's what you have them there for. Finally, they told me, look, just go down to City Hall. They will paint a white a line on either side of your driveway, which means they we can enforce it with tickets. Because 
if it doesn't have the marking, yes, you're supposed to know that you're supposed to be two and a half. It's two and a half feet on either side. That's where the five feet come in. Because that's what they painted. Two and a half feet of white on the curbing. Anybody that has their nose over that can get a ticket. And did that help you, having having the lines there? It made it so that the first year, everybody said, oh, there's nothing. Well, when I can't get out on Sunday morning to go to my church, it, it is something. You know, and they ended up finally realizing that, hey, it is the law. Luckily, I have neighbors that have stayed there. They bring their kids up. Their kids drive. They tell their kids' friends, don't park over that white line. And we, we don't have a problem now. All you have to do is have people that know the laws. Put them up. Put them, in, put them on, online, on, on New Bedford, whatever, where people will go and see what the rules are. Well, I, think- I don't find it wrong because we are getting so many people with so many escalades and, and trucks. And, and it's, it's getting so that you don't have a place to put your own car unless you want to walk two or three blocks. Yeah, I mean, that's so. and that is a big part of it is, you know, the, the vehicles are bigger. The, the, like, are. It was it was a different story when everybody was driving compact cars and, you know, the late 80s and early 90s, but as, as SUVs have become the standard thing for people to drive in the Northeast, they take up more space. That's right. Exactly. And we have to accommodate them too. But I do agree with, with ticketing. If you're if you're on the sidewalk, I just got new sidewalks. After thirty years of complaining that I had no sidewalks, the city put in beautiful sidewalks, at least to my driveway. <laughs> they didn't go the rest of the street. Maybe it's my complaints. But the thing is, if you do it the right way, eventually you get it. And it's legal. And you have people backing you. That's what our taxpayer dollars pay for. They have the people the police enforce the law, not me. Right. I'm not ashamed of going out and saying, yeah, I called them. That's what they're there for. I'm not there. You're supposed to learn the, the law. They'll tell it to you if you don't know it. And you'll remember it next time. Especially if it's a $100 ticket. That would be nice. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, but I was going to say. People I... have to start obeying the little laws. Yeah, then and maybe we'll have respect for the big ones. I was going to say, I think I think having this enforcement is going to help, but you know, it's also who are you catching in that moment? Are you catching the person who does it all the time and knows better, or are you catching the person who just did it one time and has never done it before and you know says, okay, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 about getting the people who do it again and again and again, who think that they're getting away with something. Those are those are the people that have to realize that they got to stop doing it. Well, that's why the people that do obey the law, when they see something wrong, call it in. It may be nothing to you, but number one, it's revenue into the city. And number two, it's making someone aware that they were messing up. That, and, and that's, you know, one of the comments that, that somebody made and Barry has it in the story is, you know, this is just a, a, a money grab by the mayor. Well, not really if you're doing something wrong. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like when people park in the, you know, in the parking ban, the, when there's a snow parking ban and they get uh, they get towed and they're like, oh, this is just the city trying to make money off us. Not if they actually had to get down the street and towed and you parked there anyway, knowing that you weren't supposed to. You know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. We just have to start obeying the laws. Yeah. When, you know, the little laws are what teaches us 
the big laws are even worse. You know, you tell yourself when if they enforce the little laws, what the heck's going to happen to you when they enforce the big laws? So don't break the big laws. Right. Absolutely. So, All right. I'll hold you there because I got to take a break. But you have a good day, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, people stay out in front of your driveway. They do. They respect me now. All right. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Have a good day. Uh, yeah. So there you go. The, I mean, that's that's I think something that a lot of people listening probably didn't even know. Uh, how many people are listening right now that said, I didn't know I couldn't park in front of my own driveway. I do it all the time. I do it all the time so that nobody pulls into my driveway. I park out there on a Friday night so that people don't come and pull into my driveway. Um, but yeah, I remember when my parents lived, uh, they lived in the West End for a while. They had a house on Chestnut Street. And, you know, they would always want to have everybody come over for things like Thanksgiving or whatever. And it's like, where are we all going to park? You have five kids, <laughs> five. So that's at least five different vehicles coming. Plus you invite my aunt and uncle. Then you invite my other aunt and uncle. And then my cousin comes in a different car than them because she's working and comes later. Like you've got 20 cars trying to get into this, this one area. Uh, we need to have a shuttle bus to take us from where we can park over to your house. But, um, you know, they, they moved to Carver. And now, now it works out a little bit easier. 508-996-0500. Uh, we're going to take a break and be back in a few. You get a shiver in the dark. It's raining in the park. But meantime, sound of the river, you stop and you hold. Band is blowing Dixie, double ball time. And welcome back in. 508-996-0500, or you can hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. And we got an App Chat message uh, from somebody who sent in a photo of uh, an oversized vehicle right up against somebody's driveway. And the message says, this is what they need to enforce. Three violations here within five feet of two driveways and parked on the sidewalk. And it's a big box truck. This truck was in front of my neighbor's house all weekend. The sidewalks are all cracked and he's been doing this for over five years now. The guy lives up the street. So these are the kind of issues that the police department is hoping to address by having uh, the the uh, enforcement of some of these parking laws. These are things that have already been on the books that people have just been ignoring. And now the police department is going to put enfor- uh, you know, added enforcement to them to try and get folks to understand uh, what some of these rules are. And you can read more about that in Barry's article at WBSM.com and on the app. He has some quotes in there from chief Oliveira as well. So you can kind of understand a little bit more, about it. Before I run out of time, I want to address some of the things uh, before I run out of time for this hour, because next hour, Jack Spillane is here from New Bedford Lights. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but I want to address some of the stuff that happened over the weekend in that Freetown Lakeville school department race. It is the only contested race in Freetown, and it is, it just, off the rails doesn't do it justice in my mind, based on some of the stuff that has been going on. Uh, As you know, uh, Kayla Churchill is one of the candidates. She is the only non-incumbent. There are two incumbents and there are two open seats. Well, I'm sorry. There are two incumbents and two races that are contested, uh, two seats that are available. I'm, I'm stumbling around here. But Jennifer Blum and Robert Clark are the two incumbents. They are running for re-election. Kayla Churchill is running to 
hopefully unseat one of them and in her mind. And the notoriety that she got for walking into the schools, what, what has been referred to as the breach, where she went into multiple school buildings and was uh, charged with trespassing as a result, but she wanted to expose the security flaws in the school department, in the school, the way that the schools are um, supposed to be following safety procedures, but not. So she achieved that. She proved that point. Uh, she wanted to run for school committee on a platform of school safety. And there was a lot of stuff going on where, she, you know, we... we we had been critical over here because she hadn't put her platform out there. Her platform wasn't on the um, website. It wasn't on her social media page. So nobody really knew what her platform was. We knew that she wanted more school safety, but what were the ideas for that? So she put those ideas up late one night this weekend. Um, it looked like it was... Saturday night, I think I think it actually was was um, early Saturday night. So Friday night into Saturday, I think is when she she got it up there because I remember reading it Saturday morning, and it was a lot of ideas that are you know some people would look at that and say hey these are good ideas, but there wasn't an explanation as to how those would be afforded. So let me just give you because I, you know I've spent a lot of time saying she didn't release her plan. So it would be fair to tell you, let me tell you what some of those plans are. Install an alarm that sounds off 100 to 200 feet with a flashing light that says something like door ajar, close immediately, on repeat if the door is left open after so many minutes. Have all exterior doors have automatic closing and locking mechanisms on the door. Have a school resource officer at each of the five schools. A self-closing door locking system. There would be a button that you have to hit from the central office or wherever the experts feel the button is best located. They hit the button. All classroom doors would automatically lock. Uh, tactical bags uh, that would be that would be provided to the school nurse uh, or to the teacher. Bulletproof glass installed and tested yearly. Uh, one port of entry into the parking lot with a closed gate during school hours. No one on school grounds walking around while school is in session, unless you are a parent or a student or a staff member to the school. Uh, better background checks for teachers and staff. As parents, in order to chaperone or volunteer, we have to go through a quarry and fingerprinting. Teachers should have to do this yearly as well. I mean, teachers do that. The Raptor system in school that the school wants to put in place is great. However, each teacher and staff member should scan their IDs as well. We also need to look at the bullying prevention plan and safety plans. She, this is her words. I was told 75% of boys and 25% of girls are in trouble for bullying in our schools. Uh, those numbers seem high. I'd also like to see more public speakers and interactive practices like the line game incorporated in schools, even if they're done quarterly or in gym or specials. Having some type of bulletproof shield in classrooms is also a great idea or bulletproof doors. And I think we should get in touch with companies who make bulletproof backpacks to see if we can get discounts or money back by giving parents the option to go through their company to purchase the bulletproof backpacks. Um, she promised a part two with more, but it never came. Uh, and the election is today. So, but those were her plans. No offer of how to fund them, except today a post that says she only just found out that school committee members get paid and she would give back a, a large portion of whatever she gets paid for the school committee to go toward the school safety. I mean, how, how, uh, magnanimous of you, um, that's not even going to make a dent in these things that you were proposing. When in the in the uh, candidates forum that she did not attend, they talked about how they don't even have the money to put 
school resource officers in every school, let alone start instituting all of these other plans. And I'm not even sure all of these things exist, to be honest with you. But anyway, that's her plan. She got it out there. Um, but at the same time, this news came out on the Friday evening that there's a group called CORE, and it's, it's an alt-right group from the you know, uh, other side of the Braga Bridge that, according to one of their members in a video, said she reached out to them asking for help with the election. So they're going to show up at, at the schools, to, at the polling places today, supposedly, to hold signs and show support for her. But this is, this is a group that is an outside group. They're not, they're not local people in that town. So she's inviting these people who some of them have been accused of violence. Some of them have, um, one, one of them was a candidate elsewhere. The one who was in the video was a candidate elsewhere who their charges were dropped, but there were charges of, of, of physical violence against his own child. I mean, why would you invite outside people? To, to do this. And, and then she says, well, I don't. And when people start putting up all these things like, hey, these are not these are not people that you want to invite into your community. Her response is, well, I don't really know that much about them. And then she flipped that to be, well, I didn't actually invite them. But he said that you did. So anyway, this is this is and that's only part of it. I wish I had time to get into all of it, but. Um, we'll see what happens today. The election is today in Freetown and in Fairhaven, tomorrow in Dartmouth. And uh, I've got to take a break. We'll be back in uh, just a few moments. And it's that time of year, right? It's time to start thinking about your Easter dinner plans. Well, why not pick it up from the Barrels and Boards Marketplace? It's just one of the great many services they offer there. But you can actually get yourself your Easter dinner. You can put in the order now and pick it up on Easter Sunday and be able to have a nice barrels and boards prepared feast at home. It's all one of the many great things that they offer at the marketplace. If you've never been, it's the perfect place to go to get all of your meats and seafoods because you're going to get high quality stuff at the same prices or maybe even less than you're paying at the supermarkets. Plus, you can get all of their pre-made meals uh, made by Chef Manny and his crew. You can get their pizzas, frozen pizzas, and all their signature flavors, and, of course, Montelio's desserts. If you've never checked out the marketplace, go there. You don't even have to go for dinner, but I would recommend going in for dinner at the restaurant while you're there anyway. And you can get it right now by going